walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host. The hardest part of the ring. How's. Holy shit. Holy. I don't know if my mic's picking that up, but it is raining its dick and balls off. Of course, uh, Smarty Pants right here puts his uh, puts his podcast set up uh, right in front of a window, so we get to hear all of that deliciousness. Uh, maybe it gets maybe it gives it an ambiance. I don't know. We'll try it out. We'll see how we're feeling. Hopefully, it makes uh, or maybe at least it makes people want to tinkle when they're listening to this. Uh, I mean, I always try to make fluids. Slamboree 1996, a WCW vehicle. That's what we're talking about today. A uh, very interesting show, to say the least. And speaking of interesting. So, you know how we know how the apron bump goes. We cover lots of different timelines started from the beginning of certain eras that's what we do here. We started at WrestleMania 10. We're working our way through the new generation, through the mid-90s, into the Attitude Era. Or whatever the equivalent of WCW would be. We're doing that. And uh, just chronologically moving through it. And I, I bring this up because this episode just happens to drop while we are in the midst of the AEW Blind Eliminator Tournament. Tag Team Tournament. Random partners, quote unquote, and uh, the winner gets, you know, a stupid prize and a running theme of this podcast that I've noticed in the past. And then I'm going to bring up in future episodes as well. Um, no matter what, because it, look, the apron bump, we cover four different decades of wrestling. We cover timelines from promotions from all over the world, from national promotions to local promotions in America, local promotions in Europe. You know, big companies, small companies, we cover it all, right? But it's so funny to see like how how consistent wrestling is throughout all of it, right? Throughout through time, geographic differences. The more things change, the more things stay the same. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. You look at what AEW is doing with their blind eliminator tournament, and you look at what WCW is doing here at Slamboree with their battle bowl. <laughs> A lot of similarities, a lot of differences too, but we'll get into it. But that's basically that's big. The bulk of the show is this has a ton of names. The, the Battle Bowl, 
the Lord of the Ring tournament. You get a ring at the end of it. You get, uh, theoretically, a world title match, which may or may not actually be what the thing is. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But 16 teams all drawn at random. So you get some teams that are, well, you get some normal teams, but you also get some teams of foes, huh? Right? How are they going to get along, right? How, how are they going to coexist? You get a lot of that. You get a lot of teammates facing off against each other in certain matches. You get rivalry rivals on the same team. Oh, it's just uh, gets a little rambunctious on this show. I don't know, man. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how they're going to get along. <sighs> it's a lot of that. It's a lot of that in the show. It's a lot of a lot of bullshittery. It, it, this will be an interesting show to grade. I'll put it that way. And by the way. Make sure you stick around uh, till the end of this episode where we uh, we grade the show and continue the hardest promotion battle of 1996. We will not only grade the show, but we'll see if this show gave us any of the best or the worst of this year so far, whether that's in ring, out of ring, the roster, any of that stuff. Right. And we'll get more deep into it at the end of the podcast. But that being said. Lots to get into with this show. Not only the battle bowl, the stupidity, <laughs> the fucking, the the just the dumpster fire that is that tournament. But we also get a couple titles on the line. We got the U.S. title on the line. Got the world title on the line. We got the giant, the new champion, the giant, taking on Sting in a uh, pretty decent match, actually. But we also got the debut. Of the cruiserweight title, baby. That's right. Good old dirty Dean Malenko's here defending against Brad Armstrong. We're not really coming out of the gates red hot <laughs> with the cruiserweight title, but we all know what that would eventually bring to the company. So WCW's on the upswing, I would say. Well, soon they will be. We know because we're in uh, what May of uh, 1996. And we know what's about to happen. Literally two weeks after this is when Scott Hall appears. And then we're kind of off to the races a little bit. At least the, the ignition's turned on. I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see. Stay tuned and we'll see. But I'm babbling. Let's get to it. But first of all, let me give a shout out ski to my guest, Brett, from the Brain Buster Boys podcast. Returning to the show. Had him on kind of recently. But uh, it's just kind of how things fell. It was a while ago. I think we talked about this. I forget if it was when we were recording or not. We we were on a live stream together. And at some point he was like, hey, you better mark me down for Slamboree 1996. And this is like fucking eight months ago at this point. And I was like, yeah, I got you. I put it in my spreadsheet. And uh, unfortunately, I remembered to uh, bring him back on. So unfortunately for him, because he had to watch this show. Uh, but... Go check out the Brain Buster Boys wherever you listen to podcasts on YouTube as well. They they go live occasionally. It's a good old time. They put their spin on the current product. They get into, obviously, WWE, AEW, the big stuff. But they get into some other stuff, too. They do some retro reviews. They get into uh, some Japan stuff all over the place. So go check them out. All the socials in the, in the description do that. Follow me too while you're at it at Apron Bump on all the social medias. 
Uh, YouTube, if you're not on YouTube, give give Daddy a subscribe ski. Even if you don't watch me, if you don't even if you don't watch these episodes, which can't blame you. Pretty repulsive, but just subscribe anyways. Hell, just give the videos a like, even if you don't like them. Leave a comment, whatever. Just type type gibberish. Leave, put your fucking Chipotle order in the comments for all I care. You know, do, do what you gotta do. It helps helps the YouTube channel. Helps the old ABP, ABP. I don't like that. Uh, but <laughs> uh, do that, and then kiss me deeply. But before we do that, let's get to the episode, shall we? WCW Slambury 1996 with myself and Brett from the Brain Buster Boys podcast. Dirty with your shit. Oh, how, how how's it going, buddy? Long time no see. It actually Not hasn't really. been that long, no, really. It's, actually, it's been too much of you, actually. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I'm about the same as I was, what, two weeks ago when we did this? Yeah. It, was, it was either two or three Fridays ago, but yeah, happy to be back, man, as always. Hey, remind me again, what's a hot Carl? <laughs> I think it's where you shit on someone's chest. Is that what it, because I thought, maybe I think of something else. Sometimes known as a warm Carl. Maybe that's like, you know, the shit's not as hot, yeah, but. Involving, I think it's, okay, any, anything involving feces, apparently. Um, yeah. That seems, really, I feel like that's, it's such that's a specific too name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always thought it was dumping on someone's chest. What do you think is your least favorite kink? <laughs> For me, it's probably pregnant people. Mm-hmm. I'd probably go shit play over pregnant, personally. I wouldn't. Shit and sure. pee. I'm not into the pee pee poo poo. Mm, not even not even a little pee. Yeah, maybe a, a little, little shower. Pee. Just like uh Jimmy Hart on this one gets a little dribbly on the floor. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> I can do oh god. The yeah, fucking... that interview at the end, we'll get there. Yeah, but dude. Uh... <laughs> what the fuck was the show? <laughs> Why the fuck was I so enthusiastically <laughs> volunteering? I wish I could. I guess I could go back and at, at the show we did. I don't know what you said, but you're like, ah, yeah, you better put me down for Slambury '96." I was like, "Okay." And I was I was <laughs> drunk. <laughs> well, that's it's, it's the uh, it's the consequences of your actions, I guess, because I, you had to watch this old show, Slambury '1996. Which, funny um, enough, it was the second time I've seen this in the last year because, and probably <laughs> part of the reason why, and I shout these guys out, I feel like every time I'm here, is Year of Duke and Rogue. Oh, they're my boys. covering 96 WCW, and they made a mockery of this show. And Teddy Long was, he managed someone, but they like Ice, made No, not Ice Train. Um, Who was it? Some other black guy. Craig Pittman? Sergeant Pitbull? Yes, whatever. yes, the yeah. Pitbull. Um, of course, but they at some point like like well this is all tag team matches. Teddy Long like SmackDown GM version. Teddy Long would fucking love this show. <laughs> so they kept going. We're gonna have ourselves a tag team match. So like I always geeked out. So I must have like been drunk and like oh yeah we could have fun reviewing this show which I know we will. But yeah, it it'll was, be more fun than watching the show was. That's it for was sure. a hot Carl for sure. Hey, were there any Carls on this show? I don't think so. Carl Gotch, Carl so. Weezer, nobody. I know, but we'll we'll see. Carl as we, uh, as we journey our way through this, but uh, yes. yeah, the Battle Bowl. Mm. 
Brett. It, it is a uh, this is is this the first time they did it or have they done this in the past before this? I think they had done it before, but I'm not. I know they did it more than once. You know, I think maybe like one of the old Starcades was like a Battle Bowl show. Mm. I'm pretty sure. It looks like 93 might have been the first one. Okay. Oh, they've used it in 91, 92. Oh, so they, so not only. This might have have been the last. Not only have they done it, but they were like, you know what? Let's do it again because it was so great. It may may have been the last. Let's, I mean, can't really look 96. Yeah, it looks like 96 was the last and I could see why because. Look, I mean, this, this shows, it was like, what? Two hours, 45 minutes, something like that. Yep. And there's what? 18 matches on this card or something <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, because it's what eight teams and yeah. so the overall concept of Battle Bowl eight tag teams that are randomly, which, by the way, this hilarious timing that I ran into the show while yep. the blind eliminator tournament I is going on in AW same thing. Um, so it's random teams. It's a single elimination until it gets down to the final four teams in which those eight individuals will compete in a battle royal. And the winner gets a shot at the world title at Great American Bash. At least that's Alle- what they allegedly allegedly I, given the winner. I, yeah. I have a hard time believing it's going to be a main event pay-per-view match, but we'll see. And that we'll the see. winner was homeless two weeks prior. Well, he was homeless, but he yeah. he, he fortunately He's not anymore, but found a benefactor, I guess. Uh, <laughs> very vague. Oh, he's broke, but somebody gave him a lot of money. Now he's not broke. Sure. But um, I guess ultimately, it, <laughs> the arc of him is uh, ends up being pretty good. So yeah. So also one match. I think there's sixteen total. One match eclipses mm-hmm. ten minutes. <laughs> and I just believe barely it. the main event at ten forty one. I just pulled up the card, and yeah, that is the only match over ten minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's got to be. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah. Otherwise, it's gonna be a six hour show, and nobody wants that. So. Um, the other two singles matches were close. One was eight and a half, one nine and a half. But yeah, this was uh, mm-hmm. a yeah, the, old the, hot Carl. The non the non tournament matches felt decently length, yeah. I guess. But yeah. maybe that's in comparison to the other other ones. But um, so yeah, this one will be a little bit of a rapid fire kind of deal mm-hmm. because there's not a ton of analysis. On nope. each individual match, but boy, howdy, is there a lot to discuss. But uh, oh, yeah. overall, man, just overall thoughts on Slamboree 96. What do you think about it? It is not great, but, you know, I still had <laughs> we'll fun just, watching we'll it. it there. Yeah, I still had fun watching it. Honestly, part of the highlights are the bra- Bobby the Brain and Dusty's just banter on Ooh, commentary yeah. with Shivani just kind of stuck in the middle. That was good fun. Mean Gene is frankly probably the highlight of this show with his antics yeah. with the Hooters girls and oh. just he's just top form comedy in his interviews but like so so like he's the best absolutely and if you've ever yeah. listened to the Brain Buster boys especially early days we love ourselves mean gene we even uh, Goat. named a fictional podcast award show the Okerlands um so Makes yeah sense love me. me some mean gene those are the highlights you know like we said the matches not a lot to write home about whatsoever. Um, but no. some interesting things here along the way. But yeah, it is not a great show, but it was still a fun watch overall. Yeah, like, because if, if we would have done this like right after I finished the show, I probably would have been a lot more negative 
on it, but I've had a I've, I've slept on it a little bit and I've been kind of looking at everything that happened. Like, look, it was kind of a tough thing to get through, although but there yeah. were some highs, you know, it wasn't all shit. There are some WCW shows in this era that are just nothing but hot Carl's. But this one had some cold Carl's. Yeah, maybe a golden shower Coldies. here or there. Yeah, I love mm. a good coldie cold cuts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uncut, but mm. uh, I had something to say. Probably wasn't important. I bet well, it was. We, we might as well just dive dick first into this bad boy. Mm. So we got Dirty our, uh, cock first. <laughs> Lord of the Ring, by the way, is so it's a battle bowl, but it's also the lethal lottery, but it's also the Lord of the Ring. Yeah. Just throw some more names at it. Maybe nice it'll get branding. over. Yeah, nice branding, guys. <laughs> Not King of the Ring. It's completely different. Or Lord of the Rings. Oh, was that around it? Was that was that like a book at this point? Yeah, the books would have been. I, they were definitely written by that. I'm pretty sure. Well, they were they were written back in the in Mordor times, right? Yes, yes. That, that's Shire. Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. I was I get that in Harry Potter mixed up. But speaking of wizards, we got none in this match. We got but we got the Road Warriors. We yeah. got what? What a, what a how, rush! How, how wacky! They're on opposite teams because Whoa. it's the Lethal Lottery. You never know what's gonna happen. Crazy. We got the team of Booker T and Road Warrior Animal versus Lex Luger and Road Warrior Hawk. <laughs> and uh, commentaries say that this is the first time that the Road Warriors have been facing each other, which I did research and I couldn't find another instance unless you yeah. know of any. No, I would say that's correct, but they didn't even face each other. What? And so the whole <laughs> they're building this up like, oh, what a legendary oh. moment has never happened before. They don't even fucking touch each other until the end and when they hug i suck think this me was, off i think this is the worst match on the show honestly and that's saying something um because it takes them like probably it's like a six yeah. minute match it takes them two minutes to even touch because they're all just kind of standing around mm -hmm. you know the road warriors like stand on each other's side even it's like oh they don't even know what to do here <laughs> um and like there's just some bad myth like booker t Booker T's amazing, but he was mm -hmm. not in this match. He whiffed on a couple drop kicks, just kicks and drop kicks. But uh, yeah. yeah, this fucking sucked. So uh, I'll just throw this in there. So the Road Warriors and Harlem Heat are feuding for, mm -hmm. I don't even remember who's the tag champions at this point. It doesn't really matter. Who cares? Yeah. But they're the two of the top tag teams, so they're feuding. So there's obviously some uh, dissension. You know, Booker T and Hawk are shoving each other. And there's a whole schmoss here point. It's just forever before the match gets underway because it's like everybody's kind of bickering with their own teammates. And then the match happens. Not a lot happens. Like you said, Booker's in there and he's the most like agile of them all, of course, but he's whiffing a few things. But and even uh, on a whiff, I just I noted that Tony said Booker's kick was right on target. But <laughs> it, it certainly was not. And then the match just breaks down. Teammates start fighting each other. Luger versus Hawk. Every, everybody's fighting each other. And then it's a, a double count out because everybody's brawling on the outside. And then the Road Warriors are together. And then uh, and they yeah. celebrate like they've won the Battle Bowl. Fucking idiots. <laughs> I've got Whoa. a couple things noted here. Just Please. first, Dusty at one point is just like, this thing is this thing has really started a flow of pace, Bob. And then Heenan doesn't say anything. He's just like, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought that was so funny. And that kind of just kicked off, like like I said, the banter between the two of them. 
where they, they had to entertain kind of, themselves because yeah, there was nothing entertaining were, in the ring. Yeah, they were just fucking with each other the whole time, which, like I said, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's really all. Like uh, Luger jumped into a clothesline from Animal that looked horrible as well. Like <laughs> everything was just off on this, and like oh, yeah. probably the match with the biggest stars in it. You know, outside of like Macho Man and Flair later, but especially once yeah. we get to that battle ball, like. <laughs> Fuckers in that it's embarrassing so. not not to like get ahead of ourselves but that it, it felt like a pre-show battle royal it is the, riddled like the, the finals with, of this it was riddled with world championship material sure. <laughs> but like uh, these four guys you know are four of the biggest names yeah. in this and now they're all just wiped out and the count out it was probably like six seconds they were all out of the ring and then the bell rang and it's like Okay. Like to, to kick this thing off, it's a double count out. It's like <laughs> stupid what are we doing. Yeah. But yeah, that is what it is. But the hits keep on coming. Woo. We got the public enemy. Unbelievable. Like, they got teamed together. What are the odds? I mean, sometimes God's just looking out for these guys. Very slim. <laughs> and who's on the other team? Well, it's none other than Chris Benoit and his murderer, Kevin I- Sullivan. I have t- I put Team Nancy Benoit. <laughs> this was just bizarre to watch, man. Because this, I think this is before Benoit and Nancy got together, at least publicly. I, I think oh, Sullivan knows. was still with her at this point. Yeah, I believe, but yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, pretty yeah. weird stuff. Hey, did you ever? Did you catch where Kevin Sullivan is from? Where he hails from? I know Kevin Rogue would be able to tell you. I can't remember offhand. I didn't write it. Something to do with the dungeon, of course, but he's from the Iron Gates of Fate. There we go. <laughs> so funny enough, toe. Rogue on their show like did a pretty mean Kevin Sullivan impression. So when I, I recently moved to Louisville and mm. I noticed that there's a commercial real estate agent in town named Kevin Sullivan. And I like see the signs around and one was oh, like no. an old ass decrepit building. I'm like, there's the dungeon. Holy <laughs> shit. Or the gates of fate, whatever. Yes. The fuck. But of course. Yeah. Well, I think the gates of fate is like a subsection of the dungeon of Doom. one would assume. Yeah. I would have to look at an atlas or something, but I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what, what it is. There's um, probably like a moat around it. I think so, with dragons inside of it. It's hard to get in. It's hard to get out. You can't get out. Well, we got the public enemy here, which, man, they they just need to be an ECW. They they just yeah. don't fit anywhere else. Nope. Nope. I, I, are you familiar with their like ECW work or any of the public enemy? Yeah, mildly, enemy? for yeah. sure. So my brother, he's three years older than me, and like at back home, like ECW was on channel 25 which like Mm. wasn't you'd have to have like a certain antenna like it didn't come through the normal broadcast tv but he had this little i bet it was a six inch tv like tiny little box with an antenna with tin foil on it and he and i would sit in his bed and watch ecw in like 1997 so those were my first memories and i've of course you know gone back and watched some on the network it's those shows are very hit or miss, but uh, some a lot wild of, a lot stuff. Of misses. <laughs> when yeah. the public enemy was there, it was it was kind of like this. It was just brawling everywhere. Not a lot of sense to it. A lot By of the plunder, way, as Dusty would love, say. 
love the chairs here and how they're just like not folding chairs. They're just like fixed chairs that they're like, like trying to hit each other from with. Like a second grade classroom, basically. Yes, and so Sullivan good. just like drops it on them. Basically, like, it was the weakest fucking shot. Kevin Sullivan is fucking worthless. He, he stinks. He does. I was just gonna say that exact. He does stink. God, I don't know. He's he's on like every show. I don't know. He doesn't bring any like use him as a mouthpiece. Sure, whatever. In the ring to get this fucking potato with legs out of here. I'm he's like had a enough sig- of him. He's a significantly worse Jeff Jarrett. Like he's always <laughs> around, always big part of the show. Uh, he's booking this shit at the time. Right. I'm pretty sure Sully was wow. The booker. Yeah. Uh, he and Terry Taylor actually. Mm. Uh, some reason research. the other night I was watching. I don't. It might have been this show. It might have been. I fall asleep to a lot of old wrestling shit, mm. but I just googled like WCW bookers because it's it was a revolving door, you know, right. from like the late '80s till the end. But um, I think Dusty or Dusty preceded or Flair preceded Sullivan. Dusty preceded him. But yeah, I think it was old Sullivan right. here. So. Obviously, he's booking himself. So, Lisa's brother's not involved anymore. I mean, he might be in the Dungeon of Doom still, but he's not. He was like locked getting up matches. <laughs> Stuck in the moat, probably. Oh, I also noted here. So, when those chair shots were happening, um, they're out of the ring way longer than the first match that ended in a double. Ca- like, it's probably 30 seconds. Right. All four guys are out of the ring. It's like, Great continuity here, fellas. And this would be a match where I'm like, okay, with everybody not being included in the rest of the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, I mean, we got a finals team here. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. what, what are we doing? Was Johnny Grunge going to be the WCW champion? What are we? Rocco Rock. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, it's it's not good. Flyboy, Rocco Rock. Combined, they have a 25% chance to be the number one contender at the end of the night. Yep, they had 22 and two-thirds chance of beating Samoa Joe, that's for sure. <laughs> well, we got some tables. We got some plunder. Uh, they try to they try to send the Taskmaster through the table, but Benoit <laughs> cuts him off. What a guy. And it's, it's, it's short-lived because Benoit gets beaten up, gets laid on, to, on the table that's set up on the outside. Mm-hmm. And it looks like Kevin Sullivan is like holding him on the table. I think it, the idea was that he got like knocked out and landed on Benoit, but he was definitely holding him on the table. Absolutely. And, and then the public enemy hits what I think they call the big Papa or some shit <laughs> where it's, it's so Johnny grunge is on the apron and Rocco rock does a front flip into him. So they both go falling onto the table through Benoit, roll him in one, two, three public mm. enemy wins Unreal. and our, and are moving on. So, uh, yeah, barn burner of a, of a contest here, I thought. Yeah, good on you, public enemy. You guys yeah, are we'll great. See. I hope they uh, I hope they make it far. Yes. Well, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> let's just, the shit just keeps on cascading out of my asshole here. We got Actually, another- this next one is pretty decent in terms of, like, the first round matches. Probably one of the best. I would say probably the best uh lord of the ring match unless i'm forgetting yeah, probably one. definitely up there i i say it was shit because i see the booty man's name and i automatically yeah. hate anything he's involved in uh well yep. we got uh, rick steiner and the booty man versus mm. sergeant craig Pittman and scott steiner so we got the steiner brothers facing each other oh googly moogly 
What are the odds? Will they touch, but, like unlike the Road Warriors? They do a good bit of touching they, each other in this match. They actually do, and it's pretty pretty tight, actually. It's probably the highlight of the show, other than the Hooters <laughs> girls and... Uh, yeah. In rings, in ring-wise, probably. Yeah. I will say overall, overall, Rick Steiner, like this whole show, may have impressed me the most in the ring. Like he looked like a fucking beast, just chucking right. people around in this match, the match, the second round match. Um, like damn, I mean, obviously, I've seen plenty of Steiners like pre NWO era, and they were right. fucking great, but. Um, on a mat, on a show with very little to get excited about in ring, um, Rick Steiner uh, was one that stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, definitely the, the Steiner versus Steiner uh, portion of this match, which felt like about half of it, maybe. Uh, super, super awesome. I mean, just watching these guys, it almost looked like they, like they were shoot wrestling in yeah. the beginning a little bit with the transitions and the counters and stuff, and then. Start throwing out suplexes. Scott hits Rick with a T-bone. Rick comes back with like a lariat and just jockeying back and forth. Rick hits him with a, like a dragon suplex at one point. And Scott comes back with a T-bone off the second rope. So they're throwing yeah. bombs at each other. They were. Um, Booty Man's there throwing out his high knee. Mm. Do you get it? High knee? It's a uh, high knee. Yeah. High knee. Booty. Ass. Wow. It's unreal. Fun. We're having fun. Yes. Uh, and Craig Pittman, Craig, Craig Pittman kind of uh, impressed yeah. me a little bit here. I agree. Yeah, he can. He threw some suplexes. He looked like a like a toughie out there. Yeah, I guess he's a legit amateur wrestler. So he was he was hanging in there with uh, with old Rick Steiner there when they had some uh, interactions. But no ultimately, Craig and Pittman. You go ahead. I was just going to say some good shit from the brain. I didn't actually write it down, but just like talking shit about the Steiners about like each other, you know, you can't remember, but just, you know, about them as kids. And I can't remember is who's the older one again. I was trying. I, 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 I think, think Rick is Rick. Yeah. So it was all about like Rick, you know, kind of beating up Scott or something. He was shit. like, uh, yeah, yeah, Scott, just remember all the hand-me-downs Rick gave you. Yeah, and how- yeah. <laughs> <This is> nonsense. <laughs> but again, like the commentary all- helped make this show at least watchable. Like Rick, Rick got the hot, cereal and you got that or it's not not cereal but something like that <laughs> some some just nonsense from the yeah. brain but yep, love it yep, yep. uh but this comes to an end when craig Pittman locks in the arm bar on booty man but booty man is able to get to the ropes and tag in rick steiner and hits rick hits Pittman with a german suplex with a bridge for the win which looked pretty because he was like like Pittman was trying to kick out, but Rick was yeah. like scooting, but he was like keeping his shoulders on the mat. So it was some good stuff here. Um, as it far was. as like the Lord of the Ring matches, yeah, I would say this is probably one of my favorites, if not my very favorite from the show. In terms of a match, yeah. I mean, the Rick Flair, the Flair Macho Man stuff is pretty good, but that's mm. really aside from a match. So, and then we yeah. get perhaps the line of the night from uh, the Booty Babe, which we'll have to talk about her in a sec. It like cuts Do to we? her and she's like, <laughs> Not in a positive light. Um, <laughs> she's like, now that was teamwork. I like it. It was so fucking bad. So I don't support violence against women. Um, you know, never mind. I'm just going to keep that one on my noggin. But uh, Kim sucks. <laughs> she's uh, throw her in the dungeon. Tie yeah. her up. I'm not 100% sure that's not a thing that happened, by the way. But uh, it wouldn't yeah. be a, it wouldn't be far fetched. 
yeah, mean, that's the only the only person I hate more than Kim is uh, probably Jim Duggan. Personally, mm. he's his stupid fucking stick and his tape. And he'll be uh, coming up uh, very soon here. Maybe next because yeah. he's teaming with old VK Wall Street, mm. otherwise known as IRS. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, taking on the Blue Bloods, represented by Lord Stephen Regal and Squire Dave Taylor. Regal is so great here. I so love great. him. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> The, the back and forth between him and VK Wall Street, they're just like throwing European uppercuts at each other, was probably the highlight of this match for me. Well, and even just his entrance, like right out of the gate, he's just giving it to Jeeves. Like, I don't, he's just like yelling at Jeeves, like right as they make their entrance. Poor Jeeves. And then he's... just his like face, facial reactions, like when Duggan's coming out, he's just like, <sighs> just like has a, yeah, just a disgust, a look of disgust on his he's face. He's so good. And then he turns to the camera and I don't know if he's directing it to the fans or commentary. He's like, keep your bloody mouth shut because I'm going to give you some sunshine. <laughs> that was a horrible British accent. But yeah, you get the picture. I saw that. Yeah, he was, he's, it was he's people just, in the crowd. Yeah, for yeah, sure. He's just priceless. You know, this whole match character wise and in ring work. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because before the match even starts, like Duggan's in the ring and Regal gets like on the apron and puts his hand on the turnbuckle and Duggan like. <laughs> Swings his two by four at him and yeah. almost hits him in the finger and wriggles like yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah shaking his head. Is uh that was yeah I mean as I far wish as the match I appreciated goes, I Regal more when he was active which you know wasn't a super long time when I was right. watching but like man he's so great and obviously everything he you know has done since behind the scenes at NXT initially on screen at AEW mm-hmm. like the guy's a fucking legend. So, I mean, the, his influence alone is is legendary, yep. even if, you know, is, he, he had a pretty good amount of success in his career. But I think, yeah, people who have uh, used his style and have built on it. I mean, it's have yeah, you it's seen any of his FCW matches against Dean Ambrose? It's like two <laughs> or three so, of them no. that are awesome, like really, really good. And I went, went back and watched one like after the formation mm-hmm. of the Blackpool Combat Club. For obvious reasons, but uh, right. I like to think that's kind of where those uh, those roots started. But uh, if you ever have the means, they're findable on. I don't think they're on the network, but they're findable on. Right, the but great shit. It's like two thousand nine ish, eight ish, nine. That sounds about right. I've seen his match with Cesaro in NXT. Mm. That uh, that was like his last big match, or maybe last match. I, I believe know, period, so. But in WWE, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Jim Duggan and VK this Wall was, Street are this the was same not team. awesome. <laughs> it was. What are your thoughts on the taped fist gimmick? Stupid. I mean, he <laughs> just hits him with the roll of tape. It, it ain't fucking brass knuckles here, dude. The, the just the concept of tape adding power to your punch makes. I mean, so I get stupid. it. It can make it a little like rougher. So maybe it'll like cut you open. Easier, but that just knocks somebody. He hits Dave Taylor and he just cartoon just falls. Like a, yeah. <laughs> Which was funny. Stars around but, his head. It was yeah. like, whatever. But that's how. Uh, so Duggan and VK Wall Street get the win, even though they're like fighting each other the entire time. Yeah. Um, Which continues. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. It also, again, would have been nice to see Regal win here. <laughs> it's like they get the no. wrong winner in every match. 
No, no. The people want to see either Jim Duggan or IRS as the world champion, I think. You're, so My bad. You're right. They got their finger on the pulse, this WCW. Yes. So, but. So I'll admit, that, after this, uh, I stopped taking notes. <laughs> Not that there was many <laughs> notes to take, but I think I was like eating lunch and I was just kind of like, this is stupid anyway. So I've, I've watched yeah. them. I don't really have anything to note, but I'll give my uh, limited analysis here. You didn't take the notes? On uh, all Alex Wright and Disco Inferno's dance moves. I do love me some Alex Wright, though. I am uh, going to say that. And uh, the Wunderkind. Criminally, criminally underrated as well. Um, it's kind of weird. His career just like ended after uh, yeah. WCW. But uh, yeah, always was a big fan of Alex Wright. Disco, you know, he was fine. Liked him as a kid yeah. going back. And he's just like a horrible dude. What Glenn Gilberti is his yeah, name? He's kind of a dildo of a human being for sure. Yeah. So, well, cool. look, I, I like the team concepts in this next match. Uh, Alex Wright, Disco Inferno, two dancers. I'm all mm. for it. Uh, against the team of Earl Robert Eaton mm. and Dick Slater, Dirty Dick yeah. Slater, Dirty Cock. A couple crusty old cocks versus some <laughs> young, fresh. Twinks, I guess, dancing twinks. And it goes a robust two minutes and 56 seconds. So I was watching this with my wife, and uh, she, she saw the team of Robert Eaton and Dick Slater, and she said that their team name should be Eaton Dick. <laughs> right? Bravo, Mrs. Hardest Part of the Ring. Yeah, that was, I was very proud of her after that. <laughs> that is, so that we, is wonderful. We got Eaton Dick versus the Dancing <laughs> Twinks. And uh, by the way, Alex Wright, Disco Inferno, they come out in the music botches. Like Alex Wright yeah. comes out to no music, which that's Correct. like his whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> so <that's... laughs> he can't even dance. Or, oh, I, I didn't see him dance. <laughs> Maybe dance acapella. I don't know. You're right. It was like probably 20 plus seconds. And then Disco Fever kicks in. Yeah. Yeah. What a well, shame. We got Alex Wright flying around for the time that they were in there but ultimately disco gets distracted by his own dancing hips and uh dirty shame. dick with a boot to the back of the head to uh disco inferno and dick yeah, gets he, the win he took the boot off right and hit him with it was yeah 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 because yeah. he's not limber enough to kick him in the head he has to take no. his boot off and manually and do it with his hands and he's dirty and he's dick so yes. Yep, so Dick Slater in 1996, everybody. Dick Slater and Bobby Eaton move on to the next round. Not not the young, up-and-coming no. athletic mm -hmm. guys with charisma nope. and characters. Throw nope. Dirty Dick and the third guy in the Blue Bloods. Throw them in the, the finals. Sure, let's do it. Yeah. So, it's just, uh, this the, the they don't miss WCW. They stay cooking, yeah. as the kids say. Especially pre-NWO here. Oh, we are right on the cusp of it. It's two weeks later it starts. Yeah, yeah. So, but until then. Two months, right? Because next month is Great American Bash, and then it's Bash. Yeah, right. Well, well yeah. yeah, Scott Hall debuts in two oh. weeks, which I was considering the start of it. But yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You know who I am, but who is he? you don't know why I'm here. It's fucking hairy my, my chest. Buddy, a buddy of mine who I don't really see a whole lot will just like text me random ass shit from time to time and he texted me that quote yesterday just out of context <laughs> completely i love the thought um, of him <laughs> thinking of it and like 
I gotta let Brett know that I'm thinking this as well. Yeah, it was tight. Uh, But, you know, who is also tight is the Barbarian. Yeah, this match wasn't bad. You know, again, of all of them, you know, top Mm -hmm. three of the Lord of the Ring, maybe. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm with that. It was was solid. Yeah, yeah. DDP is a shining star. Like, as much as he's like a non-factor, really, at this point, well... He ends up being a factor at you the end of this, it. but you see it in you yes. see it in him for sure. There's like a hunger in him that's like not present in a lot of people on this card. Like you can see, he's like really trying to like make himself stand out. Like even if for it's sure. just how he's bumping, how he's selling, all of that stuff. Great and, selling in this. Um, and yeah, I like I said, I watched all the shows from this year, like mm-hmm. of last year, whenever, and like you to see the growth of. DDP from right. Starcade 95 to Starcade 96 was definitely one of the highlights because, you know, he didn't even get into wrestling until he was like, what, late 30s, early 40s, something like that. Was yeah, a manager initially. Yeah. yeah, it was a manager initially. Um, so, like, this was kind of the start of his, like, in-ring career. And, uh, yeah, by the end of 96, going into 97, you know, he's becoming one of the top guys there. Yeah, I mean, even at this point, he's not really featured on Nitros. Very, very rarely he is. He's, he's like a yeah. Saturday night or a main event type of guy. So he's not even, he's not, he's very low on the card at this point. But I guess mm-hmm. this, this show is here to, to skyrocket him a bit. Well, again, he was poverty stricken. So it's hard to it's very, you know, very work true. your way up the card when you don't know where you're going to lay your head to rest every night, when your next meal is going to be. That's a very good so, point. So yeah, good old Diamond Dallas had it tough at this point. He lost... You know, lost his woman, lost all his money. So lost his cigar, his furry jackets, his cane. You got to feel for the guy. It's really unfortunate, but he's still got his glasses and his glittery jacket and (laughs) bright green tights. Thank God. Um, But that is teaming with the barbarian versus Hugh Morris and Ming, both in the Dungeon of Doom. So lucky for them that they got uh, put on. Although I guess there's a lot of Dungeon of Doom guys. And barbarian. Barbarian is as well because Ming and Barbarian are the faces of fear. So this is another instance of uh, partners facing against each other. So, yeah, three Mm -hmm. quarters of this match representing the dungeon. But the faces of fear didn't care about fighting each other. I mean, they 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 were not friendly. They were that was probably my favorite part of this. Yeah, I quite enjoyed that. And Barbarian in general, you know, even up till the bitter end of this show, also pretty impressive. Some nice power bombs throughout, just mm-hmm. some, some good power moves. So, yeah, Barb Barb had a nice showing on this evening. Yeah, and that's a lot of what this match was, with a lot of power moves and power strikes. Uh, the Faces of Fear, they have a fun little, like, they're just chopping and kicking each other. Nobody's selling anything, but they're just laying into each other. Um, even like an eye poke, like one of the guys yeah. like pokes the other guy in the eye and they don't even sell it. Um, and shout out to Hugh Morris too. One of the most beautiful moonsaults out there. Absolutely, For a big boy too. Nothing humorous about that. Mm -mm. Um, but ultimately, so both faces of fear guys, obviously on different teams and they pin, they both get pins at the same time, but I guess barbarian covered, uh, Hugh Morris first. So the team of Hugh Morris or uh, the team of barbarian and DDP win. And it was funny because DDP was got pinned, but Mm -hmm. then he, he was the one who got his hand. And raise too, which hey, is man. pretty tight. Yeah. All that matters is he get the W. Uh-huh. Well, what's next might be the worst match of this <laughs> tournament. We got Ah, nice. 
Ah, nice. Fire and Ice, the team of Scott Norton and Ice Train versus also the team. actual team that got the pair together. I mean, the, the odds are just out, outstanding here. It's crazy how many times it happened that way or teammates on opposing teams. It's almost like it's every almost match like was like the draw that. was rigged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're taking on Stevie Ray and Big Bubba, the boss man, who I guess is in the Dungeon of Doom now and is dressed in... He just looks like a gay biker, Big Bubba does. I don't know what his character is supposed to be. Uh, but lots of leather here. We got, uh, I have a note here, Ice Train with a flying reverse cowgirl. I don't know if you caught that. Oh. I, yeah. Like so. I said, I didn't take notes, but I uh, I watched it. <laughs> Thoughts? <laughs> no, this this was, uh, it was a garbage match. A lot of shoulders, a lot of clotheslines. Yeah. Yep. I think the finish even was like a double shoulder block from Fire and Ice. It's like, you see these two big powerful bastards. You think their double team move is going to be like a super cool looking power bomb or slam but nope just let's run into you and then pin you fucking yeah well fire and ice gets the win (laughs) no i I want to talk about big bubba some more actually what'd you think of his hat and his pants leather daddy speaking of daddies we got uh (laughs) we got a couple daddies here we got who's your daddy eddie guerrero and Mm. arn anderson versus the team of macho man and Ric Flair. <laughs> Macho Man and Ric Flair don't like each other at all. No, so it's like, no, oh my no, gosh, no. how are these guys going to get along? How is it going to happen? Uh, oh man, I don't even know if they'll make it out there. What, how are they going to coexist? Um, like, out of context, though, both these teams fuck. I mean, Arn Anderson and Eddie Guerrero. Absolutely. And the yeah. team of Macho Man and Ric Flair. You, you would think awesome. this would be like a, a show stealer, but. Yeah. Well, four minutes, four seconds. But again, like it was at least intriguing, you know, like Flair kind of skipping Macho Man. And then it just broke down where Flair was just beating the shit out of him. Or maybe that was right after the match. But Arn Mm -hmm. essentially helped Flair get the W and then they just waylaid Macho Man. But yeah, this had a lot of potential and unfortunately uh, did not hit it. Mm-mm. No, it's it's really furthering the story between Ric Flair and Macho Man, which feels like it's been going on for over a year at this point. <laughs> um, and then, of course, you have Arn Anderson and Ric Flair, while on opposite teams are both members of the Four Horsemen. So you got that dynamic going on. And so Flair comes out first. Well, Macho Man's music plays. He doesn't come out. Then yeah. Flair's music plays. He comes out. And then as... Macho, wait, no, Macho, Macho comes out first. Macho comes out first and then Flair. But as but Macho both is like in the delayed, ring. delayed. Right. You know. Yeah. So Macho's in the ring as Flair is coming out. And then as Macho's in the ring, Arn Anderson attacks Macho Man in the ring. Flair sprints to the ring to help in the beatdown. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's in there. He fights. He doesn't know who to hit. Uh, but he, like, yep. he wants to win the match. But he also, like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But uh, I was like getting dizzy it, trying to take notes on this because there was, was so it much a happening. P- I didn't note it, but was it a PHJ by Arn? Yeah, I think it was a PHJ. Yeah. We had some PHJ. Was that the first PHJ of the show? I think I so. Think then we far. have another with these guys a little bit later too. So good old Pearl Harper job for old uh, Mach. Uh, Arn Anderson and it, beats it, on Mach for a bit. Yeah. Sorry, this is not even about this match, but there Please. have been some big there have been some big tasty fuckers on this show. Ooh. Just wanted to note that. 
Yeah. Fire and ice for some tasty fuckers. Yeah. I would call Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pittman a big tasty fucker. Mm -hmm. You know, even maybe the Steiner brothers here. Oh, they're they're some of the tastiest fuckers that there is. Who do you think are the biggest bitch-ass wiggers on this show? Ooh. (laughs) Probably Disco, I would say. Isn't Disco like a a star from black culture? I'd say that's fair. I think Disco kind of is uh, culturally appropriating. Uh, It's... It's not um, the Blue Bloods. <laughs> no, no. Maybe Big Bubba? Oh, public Enemy. Public there you Enemy. Go. Big time. Come on yeah. now. It's right in front of couple us. Couple of bitch-ass wiggers! Yeah, a couple of... Uh, I right, had to couple, get one uh, in. Couple of... Couple of... That's what I'm saying. So Now we're talking, babe. Now we're cooking. Now we're smoking. Julia's smoking. All right. So... guys <laughs> said that. So... The match happens. It's it's a big old schmoz. Uh, ultimately, yeah. um, what happens here? So Arn Anderson, DDT's his own partner, Eddie Guerrero, and Flair is able to pin Eddie. Yeah. So Flair and That's Macho right. Man move on. That's right. Which is like, why? I don't know. Why are we bothering moving this thing forward if they're not going to team? I don't know. But you have Elizabeth. Elizabeth is out there with Rick uh Rick Flair. What a night what a nightmare of a first round. It's uh, <laughs> Elizabeth slaps Macho Man Arn DDT's Macho on the floor. And I guess more on that later. But yeah, the first round, uh how many stars you give this out of ten? Two and a half. Mmm. And that might be I see. Generous. I see. That I think that's a bit generous for sure. What about you? What about um, you? Um, two and a half. Try to think of what was good. I think two and a half is fair because it wasn't it wasn't one territory because you had some Steiners, you had some big tasty fuckers throwing around each other. Yeah, that um, was good. But there is Jim uh, Duggan. Yeah, DDP and Barb against you know Hugh and Ming was pretty good. And then yeah. the last match at least had some intriguing things and great talent in it, but wasn't much of a match. Right. So yeah, two and a half sounds good. You know what the show needs though is uh, some Hooters whores. Woo! So we got Mean Gene is out there with uh, with the Hooters girls. I don't know if they're sponsored by them or what, but um, <laughs> they're out there. Fogging up. Oh, from all the fucking wet gash <laughs> that's out there with them. And uh, I guess he's there because so who was the first match? It was Booker, Luger, and the w- Road Warriors. They both got eliminated. So one team is going to get a bye. And uh, one of the Hooters girls hands Gene a stack of envelopes, which I guess all have the team names in them. It's and Gene, Angela. Angela, thank you. Thank you for keeping me uh, keeping me on track. The audience needs to know. What was it? Angela? Uh, what were the know, other that's ones? That's the only one I wrote down, but Gene kept fucking them up. Well, and they switched their name tags on him, too. Come so. on, man. Don't st- you're just giving out spoilers. That's later in the show. <laughs> we got to keep the narrative straight. All right. It's a story that we're telling. Yes, you're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, f- fire and ice, they get a buy because mm-hmm. uh, they're fat and they need a break. So because they're a couple of big, big, tasty fuckers. BTFs, baby. BTFs. There we go. <laughs> Hashtag BTF, not BTS. No Koreans here. And then uh, BAWs, bitch ass wiggers. There we go. BPW. I'm an acronym. Maybe? I'm a, yeah, I, yeah, if you can't tell, I'm an acronym guy. And I yeah. like BBWs. <laughs> Well, those are the things that people know about you. That's like yeah. that's in your bio, Every, I think, right? Everyone knows that about me. Yeah. 
Well, actually, speaking of BBWs, you know who has some tasty cheeks is Brad Armstrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you because his his trunks his, were that he 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 was kind of caked up in this match. I don't know if you noticed or not. Yeah. No, I I did. He's a he's a thick boy. I mean, I don't even know if I call him thick. He's just he's just got powerful glutes, but. Uh, I yeah. guess you need that when you're when you're uh, challenging for the cruiserweight championship. The champion, mm. Dean Malenko, taking on he's not Bullet Brad, is he? That was his dad, Bullet Bob Armstrong. Bullet Bob, just, yeah. He's just Brad. He's just, he's just Brad. Um, so I thought it was interesting because the cruiserweight title was new at this point, and you know they were talking about. I think it was right. Shinjiro Otani had won the inaugural tournament, but that this was mm-hmm. the first uh, cruiserweight championship match on a pay per view. So, certainly not was. the best by any means, but uh, noteworthy in that. I guess. Yeah. And like, I get what they were going for here. Like Dean Malenko, he attacks. He like right at the beginning drop kicks the knee of brad armstrong they're like about to do, like lock up and then he fakes him out and kicks him in the knee which was just pretty sweet yeah and then he attacks the leg with various submission holds but nothing was particularly compelling about this match yeah um, it was fine you know it wasn't bad it was fine no. um dean i mean malenko's amazing and he it was just an all-out assault right. on the leg um but yeah the match like i said it's not your uh cruiserweight match when the the luchadors get involved a little later but it's still probably the best or second best match on this show to this point it's uh, up there which isn't saying much but uh i love malenko and it was just fun to watch him work and he had that fucking tasty five o'clock shadow going he looked (laughs) daddy yes daddy dean daddy dean is here and uh, it's really just a showcase for Malenko. I felt like, yeah, just all the stuff that he can do. Brad gets a little bit of a comeback towards the end. It's a missile drop kick off the top. I guess he forgets to sell the leg for a little bit, but fuck it, they're all go off the top rope. But and then uh, Brad locks in the cloverleaf on Dean. The nerve, little, just disrespectful, disrespectful. Yeah. I think, but Dean is able to come back and hits a, a gut buster off the second rope. Brutal. And that gets him the win. So he retains the old CW championship here. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing more Dean in the cruise. I do division. like I do like that move. And uh, Bobby Heenan said it was move number 627. Um, oh, okay. out of the 1000. Yeah. What are the what are the uh, the first uh, 626 arm bar? OK, what's number two <laughs> arm drag? Do you remember you think- when Jericho did that promo yeah. uh-huh. with the scroll? <laughs> yeah, fucking tremendous. But yeah, Keenan was geeking me out. It was when they were doing the highlights. He's like, yeah, that's 627. And he called another one, 996. <laughs> it was the pin. Just how he pinned him. It was like number 900 yeah, or something. A lateral press. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, he had like the, you know, he cradled his head. So that's yeah. a lateral press is, I think it's like earlier. It's like number 200 or something. Yeah. So. And then next. But. The world is about to change. Because there's more Hooters girls after that, right? No, before Oh, no, Glacier. Glacier. That's right. It's it's a Glacier. (laughs) Yeah, it's a Glacier tease. Yeah. Blood runs cold. (laughs) (laughs) And then Hooters I didn't even note it. I didn't even note the Glacier deal because I just didn't give a shit about it. But yeah, he's... They run these vignettes for a long time, don't they? Oh, yeah. Like months. 
So, yeah. but yeah, and we'll keep we'll keep an eye on really, that. Uh, mounted, never really amounted to much, but Glacier was it was something. <laughs> it was something. Well, you already had the Iceman, Dean Malenko. You had Ice Train. You had a lot of snow related characters, and maybe just got lost in the uh, mm-hmm. snow. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can uh, see that. Well, we got uh, so the Hooters girls are back. I, I just bring this up because w- what are your thoughts on just like the pacing of these shows? Like I feel like, I feel like WCW has like no urgency in anything. You're just you're just no. hanging out. Let's just talk to you. like oh they switched their name tags on me. All oh, these rascals and then they, he fingers her. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. I love how he said when they cut back to him, he's like, "Yeah, I'm here with my close personal friends." <laughs> It's it's just nobody. And then he and then he says something like, "What are we gonna do at Hooters? Get Eat head. some wings and drink some beer." That's yeah. what one of the ladies says. Wait, one line. She nailed and it. Jean's I thought. Like Jean's like, that's not what I want. You know, <laughs> I want your Angela. Want your- Angela, you know what I want. Do you think? Uh, do you think Jean bagged any of these gals after the after the fact? Absolutely, yes. Oof. Probably all three of them. That's a mustache ride that I would. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Again, this was top tier Gene Ogerland. So, and you know he's running around with fucking Ric Flair out at the bars. So oh. I'm sure he is going to pound town on a come on pace. now. Yeah, I mean, what do you think his sex sound sound like? <laughs> do you think he holds it up like a microphone? It's just his impulse, <laughs> All right? Who's with Use me? Use my cock like a microphone, Angela. <laughs> Stupid Angela. Well, speaking of cocks, we got a couple of cocks. We got four cocks at least. Well, there's one dick. Uh, we got Dick Slate. We got Eaton Dicks are back. Dick Slater yep. and Bobby Eaton taking on the team of Jim Duggan with his big old wooden dick and VK Wall Street. Very phallic match this is. I forgot the note the last time that Wall Street, like his get up when he comes in the ring, he looks like a ship's captain without the hat, but just like that long, like blue blazer yeah. with the gold buttons, like. You don't look like a guy in high finance right now. You no. look like you should be out to sea. <laughs> well, he, I thought it was hilarious that he, so like in the first match, obviously, he comes out in the suit and tie or whatever. He takes it off. He undoes his tie. And then he like puts it back on for this match. Like, just yeah. keep, just keep it what off. What are you doing? You're yeah. wrestling. You have a single it on, dickhead. Come on, VK. Figure it out. Figure it out, bud. Um, but yeah, this was a, um, my, my first have, note. Go ahead. I have one note on this match and then I'll let you take it. I just, please Duggan punched wall street and he got rolled up insane drama. My note was Jim Duggan and Dick are awful. <laughs> just they're there. I don't even want to call it wrestling what they were doing with each other. It was, this is just a nonsense. All of this. Yes, it was awful. It's accidental. You know, they're, Teaming it with each other, but all oh, miscommunication. I punched you. It's just back and forth, and it's just. But yeah, like you said, uh, VK accidentally punches Duggan, and then Eaton rolls up Duggan. So Bobby, so Eaton dicks are off to the finals. So unbelievable to join Fire and Ice. Man, just a a star-studded affair. This battle royal is going to be, folks. Let me tell you. Oh, I can't. I can't wait. Honestly. And you might be thinking at this point, at least I was thinking, well, they'll probably throw Savage and Flair in there to get some star power. And one of them will probably win <laughs> because the next match is Flair and Savage versus yeah. the public enemy. 
but we got a super PHJ in the beginning yeah. to yeah. the point where the match can't even get underway. Like his uh, yeah. flair comes out. Macho man comes out and attacks flair in the aisle. Security drags him out as a big pull apart. And then public enemy just wins by default. And then they, yeah, try they call to it dance, a count. They call cares. it a count out. They call it a count out, but I don't think the bell ever rang. It is what it is, but you can't keep but Johnny Grunge I, and Rocco Rock out of the main event, is what I always no, say. No, you can't. No, you can't. There was a funny line as Macho Man was sprinting out. Uh, Tony's like, he almost hit woman! <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Elizabeth's gotta, coming out with just like stacks of money, too. Must be nice to roll with the nature boy. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if I really reference what the beef is. I guess it's because... Liz is the ex-wife of Macho Man at this point, and Ric Flair, I guess, has hired her or whatever, her and woman, and they're they're all spending Macho Man's money, which is <laughs> a funny like thing, right? It's a funny Absolutely. feud. Um, it's just a silly way to go about it. Like like on Nitro, like Macho Man will be wrestling, and then like by the stage, Flair and the women will all be like eating a fancy dinner with like candelabras and like in their suits or whatever. It's just it's very silly, but it's pretty entertaining for the most part. But not in the main event, those fellows, I guess. Got Johnny Grunge and Flyboy Rocco Rock, who will be the world champion. Probably one of those guys. Yes. And I guess it should be noted, we haven't said it, that this show is uh, no Hulk Hogan either. So that's uh, another bad, big uh, load of star power not here. And uh, yeah. yeah. Do you think the show would have been better or worse with Hulk Hogan? I mean, I'm not really a Hogan guy, but hmm. I feel like it had to be it had to be better, right? I don't. I, don't know. I guess the NWO. Yeah. No Maybe, one. Uh... He would just win it on his own with the Hulkamaniacs on in his corner. That's all I need to tag, dude. <laughs> Brother, fucking yeah, piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, fuck Hogan. I'm glad he ain't here. Fuck Hogan and fuck the Booty Man, his friend. Yep. Because he's back. The Booty Man and Rick Steiner up against the team of DDP and the Barbarian. So we got the whole subplot here. So the Booty Man is pretty much the reason that Diamond Dallas Page is broke. Because they had a match for all of DDP's money. Booty Man beat him. He stole DDP's girl from him. And now she's the Booty Babe. Barbarian's there. Rick Steiner's there. It's just the, the lethal lottery. You never know what mm. you're going to get. No, you don't. But the absolute highlight of this match, and you talked about DDP selling earlier, very mm. early in the match, he gets like thrown out of the ring and there's like the, the television camera, like cable <laughs> kind of all rolled yeah. up and he lands on it and kind of rolls around <laughs> and he's like covered in it and Dusty's like, he got cords all over him. <laughs> I think the commentary that's team at this shit. point is kind of punch drunk. And then he's drunk. like, now that's plunder right there. He's got cords all over him. That's plunder right there. <laughs> yeah, they are absolutely <laughs> out of their minds at this point. I mean, I didn't really have much to say about this match other than, yeah, the finish. Uh, so what? Uh, Booty Man has Barbarian rolled up. And DDP hits Booty with an elbow. And then Booty and Barb pins Booty. Barb, Barb pins Booty is the finish of this match. So uh, you know what I have on the Barbarian. finish. Yep. My note is missed the finish. LOL. <laughs> I legitimately did too. I think they showed a replay 
which is the only reason yeah. that I caught it because I wasn't rewinding for that shit. But I was definitely looking at my phone a lot during this show. So, <laughs> well, I hope you saw some Conan. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, uh, this match is, I guess, the best match of the night. I guess. I I would probably say so. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Jushin Thunder Liger is challenging Conan for the United States Championship. Yep. And my my first note here is Liger is putting the show on his back because yes. he <laughs> has some fire that we have not seen on this show yet. So he does. It's a lot of like move, you know, just moves after moves and yeah. you know, not a ton of like psychology in this match, but it's still the most entertaining in ring work. Um, and right out of the gate, Conan had like one of the wilder pinning combinations I've seen. He kind of like was rolling him up and then like had his legs over top of him and was kind of bridging. It was just, it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And like the Liger just kind of like bridged up out of it, but a lot of like Matt, you know, submission stuff going on in the like first half. And then they kind of start uncorking some of the high flying mm -hmm. stuff. But yeah, this was definitely the match of the night. I, I would say if nothing else, it was a welcome change of pace because yes. there was, like you said, there was, some legit chain wrestling and submissions and pins in the beginning. Um, but then oh, it kind of, what about, what about the KKK on the back of Conan's head? So <laughs> were those three K's or was it just one yes. K in the back? And then one okay, of them was I... backwards, but there are three K's <laughs> on the back of his, there's like the big one right in the back. And then one on, right. I think the left side of his head that was also a straight. And then the other was like a backwards K, but it absolutely was KKK. Uh, <laughs> well, Tony Schiavone was, or it might've been Mike Tanay who was on commentary for this match. Yeah. He brought up that Conan, I guess, was like in a TV show at this point. And he says yep. that the haircut was for that character. But yeah, but the best part, too, is he's talking about he's like, you know, the story with that is and brain just interrupts. And he's like, I don't care to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shivani's like, continue, Mike. And he's like, no, I don't care to hear it. <laughs> Speaking for everybody. This brain. So good. So good. Um. And then you get some strike exchanges that were pretty fun. Liger throwing his kicks and his palm strikes and all that. The exchanging and of palm thrusts. Yeah, that was a little... <laughs> I love that now. I just have that clip of you doing that. I'll figure out something to yeah. do with it. Please. Um, but yeah, then they start kind of just throwing bombs at the end. Uh, Liger hits a superplex onto Conan. A splash off the top rope for a two count. So you got like a bunch of near falls here at, towards the end. That uh, fisherman buster was very nice. Yeah. Dusty's like, oh, the fisherman buster? That's a, <laughs> no, that was Tony Schiavone. I was like, oh, that's an interesting yeah. move. Name? <laughs> Shut up. Like you've Shut never up. heard of a fisherman suplex tone? I guess not. I guess not. Uh, Conan. Conan counters like a sunset flip with a Alabama slam. That looked yeah, pretty nice. That looked nice. pretty gnarly. Uh, Liger, Liger bomb. Liger bomb, the Liger kick, all of the signature stuff. But ultimately, Conan wins with the Splash Mountain Powerbomb. So retains his U.S. title. But yeah, Liger, was, in ring-wise, I mean, Liger is probably the star of the show. Oh, by far. And yeah, this got it got nine and a half minutes. So the second longest <laughs> match on the card. Marathon. Would have been nice if it got, you know... 12 13 you know i think they could have yeah. maybe done a little like but again this was definitely the best and a treat to have liger uh at this point of the show for sure 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. It definitely felt like Liger was just doing a bunch of cool moves and then he just lost out of nowhere. That's kind of how this match yeah. felt. But to your point, I mean, not a lot of psychology, but it was a, a welcome, you know, something different from the show, at least. No doubt. And then we got Flair is back. And he's yeah. eliminated. Flair, Arn, and all the women. So woman and uh, Elizabeth, they're all, they're all out there. They're yep. letting everybody know. I think Gene's out there. They're letting everybody know that Macho Man has been taken to jail. I don't know why Flair wasn't with him. I don't know. Uh, Flair. So Flair, is, he, he has two women already, but he wants a third one. Mm-hmm. He wants old Deborah McMichael from uh, who is but he called he called Steve McMichaels McMichaels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old Mongo also, is here. I also love right before this when Flair's spouting about whatever he's spouting about fucking someone else. He's I wasn't like, listening. He's just talking about partying in Baton Rouge, and again, Mean Gene with just the subtlest thing like kind of drops the microphone like when he's talking about that shit and like c- catches himself. But again, so great, <laughs> so great from me and Gene, this whole show. They're great. They're it's him and flair together. Gold. Oh, absolutely. What's um, now we get McMichaels. Yeah. Mongo comes out because obviously flair is talking about his wife and Mongo's like, Hey baby, let me tell you something, baby. I won't get you. Ain't going to talk about whatever like that, baby. <laughs> Yeah, Mongo, obviously a former football player, and Flair's spouting off, oh, you're just a football player. You can't yeah. wrestle me. Me and Arn are wrestlers. And Mongo's like, well, I have a buddy of mine that we're going to take you down. And then out comes Kevin Green from yeah. the Carolina Panthers. You big Kevin Green guy? You know what? I'm okay with Kevin Green. You know, he had a few appearances. I thought... Yeah. He's pretty good, you know, all things considered. Uh, the call this a promo, it wasn't really, but uh, was pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, the times he actually put on the boots and went in the ring, I thought he was pretty mm-hmm. good. But yeah, he comes out, he's like, Woo, that's rock and roll, baby. And then, he, then like after that, he's like, We're ready to rock and roll. Put your jock on. It's like, All right, dude. But uh, I mean, he looked like he had just taken a line. Like before that, he was shot out of a cannon. This Kevin Green was. (laughs) Yes, he was. Yeah, I've I've only heard good things about his in-ring stuff. I mean, he's a celebrity football player, of course. So the it's graded on a scale, I guess. But he had like three to five matches, probably. You know, from like ninety six, ninety seven, and I know I've seen at least a couple of them, and yeah, pretty solid. You know, for a celebrity, so to speak. Right. Um. Well, that brings us. To the Lord of the Ring finals. Riddled with championship material. Like I said, that was my note here. Like it's incredible crop of talent here. Here are your eight potential pay-per-view main eventers for the world title. You got DDP in 96. Then you got yeah. the Barbarian, Scott Norton, Rocco Rock, Earl Robert Eaton, Ice Train, Dirty Dick Slater, and Johnny Grunge. No Macho Man, no Ric Flair, no Booker phenomenal. T, no Lex Luger, no Eddie Guerrero. These are the finalists. I, it's fucking incredible. I mean, I, I had never seen this You're before. Lo- so you are at a loss for words. Right <laughs> I, I, when I was watching this, I was like, DDP's got to win this, right? Because I didn't know who was going to win. It was like... Yeah. 
who was like, an ice train going to come out on top? I don't know. But um, I mean, Scott the, Norton was a future IWGP World Heavyweight Champ, but shot, you know, he look, wasn't. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Flash. I was going to say he wasn't at that level here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the rest of the people thinking of anybody that had any like. I mean, I guess Barbarian's fine. Sure. Uh, I think Ming is just a better version of them, but yeah, or at least a more it's like I don't just know. Off. It's awful. I said this earlier, I think, but it it just felt like a pre-show battle royal. It's like it, yeah. it was slow motion, no fire. The crowd didn't care. Nobody cares about anybody that's in this match. Um, ultimately, because DDP wins is whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the match. There's not a lot but to say about the match kind itself. Kind of fun. Like I can't remember. It's Barbarian and two others. He diamond cuts all three up, so you can right. win. It's either over the top or pinfall for the elimination. So he hits three diamond cutters in a row and gets the first two pins, and then Barbarian kicks out. So that was at least fun and yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. And then the two of them had, you know, probably, what, three to four minutes of action one-on-one that was mm-hmm. pretty solid. Again, Barbarian with a lot of big power moves. Uh, but then the finish, you know, it, the crowd just didn't give a fuck, like you said. So, like, it was just so flat by that point, and he just mm-hmm. hit the diamond cutter out of nowhere. and. About like eight people in the crowd cheered. <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, if they they had obviously DDP ended up being a big star, so in hindsight, it was a smart move going with them here, which I guess was the ultimate goal. Which you know, DDP is you're putting them above all these guys, which I guess is something. But and they did show like DDP, they were like really putting forward his resiliency here because, like you said, the final two were him and Barbarian. And Barbarian's hitting him with like some, he hits him and with they, a sick looking tombstone. Part, and, and they were partners, remember? Yes. So they know each other very yeah, they well. They did have point. that nice tombstone too. Yeah. Barb, Barb was looking good here. Um, DDP's kicking out of all of Barbarian's moves. Big power bomb by Barbarian. Uh, which, by the way, I had no idea you could eliminate people with pinfalls until <laughs> DDP started yeah. diamond cutting people. I didn't either. I like, yeah. I sure. don't know if they said Why that. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, diamond cutter out of nowhere for the win. <laughs> it was just like the most anticlimactic. Like there was no build to the finish. First of all, the whole show then- was built around this. <laughs> the entire show was mm-hmm. this, and this is what we get with these eight guys. It's like, come the fuck on, Kevin Sullivan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but you have this finish. You have Nick Patrick with his shitty cadence. Like, you can't even really tell if it's a three count or not. Oh, and he, he shoved DDP at that one point, and DDP sold it like a sack of bricks. <laughs> but this all happens. It, the crowd goes mild, and then there's fireworks. It's like, oh, my God, it's, it's like so much fireworks. It was so clearly supposed to be a big moment, but it really wasn't. And but DDP gets the win here. Uh, th- so, that was probably the best case scenario out of these eight people. So, oh, it was the only case scenario. But yeah. here, so take note as you continue journeying through journeying through 1996. Because remember, mm-hmm. they said that the Lord of the Ring. Well, first off, they said you can have it for like up to a year. Oh. It's the it's not clear on what it is, but you're right. They did say like a championship match at Great American Bash. Yes, which DDP does not get that. 
ever. This, like he never can he never gets the world championship match from this. Like he yeah, that's hilarious. He, he defends the ring, I think. He maybe loses it at some point, but this is uh. all rendered absolutely meaningless at the end of the day because <laughs> he never gets the fucking shot. Now that you mentioned him defending the ring, that's like triggering a memory in mind that I've heard over. Yeah, that's 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 so fun. All of this time is just I'm for not the Great American Bash 1996 card real quick. Just just for my own uh, interest here, please. And do. yeah, your world title match is the Giant versus Lex Luger. OK, it okay. was eliminated in the first match of the show. Yeah. And Diamond Dallas. Okay. He does defend the Lord of the Ring against your boy, Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Oh, well, look, title belts, <laughs> it's whatever. There's no more prestigious prize than the Lord of the Ring moniker. So, Big facts. Big really, facts. who really cares, right? It's more about the, uh, the L O T R when it comes down to mm -hmm. it. But that being said, we do have a world heavyweight title to be defended here. We got the champion. Yeah. And the newly crowned champion as of like two or three weeks before this. The giant defending mm. against Sting. Did he so, beat Macho Man for it? He beats Ric Flair for it. Okay, okay. Well, and let's yes. real quick talk about the pre-match interview in the back because I referenced it right off the jump. Because um, Jimmy Hart is uh, managing the giant here, and he will be handcuffed to Lex Luger at ringside. Mm -hmm. And as he's talking about this, obviously Jimmy's very scared. And yeah, Jimmy Hart dribbled all over the floor. And I thought that again, just put it mean Gene putting a fucking bow on this show because uh, he really was the star here. Had a bit of a wet dream, Jimmy Hart did, huh? In this interview. But uh, mm -mm -mm. the Giants look the build up to this match. I mean, storyline wise, there's not much of a story, really. It's more of like Sting and Lex Luger were a team. They've been bickering. Lex Luger has been kind of leaving Sting high and dry in certain tag matches. So there's like kind of like is Luger with Sting or is he not with Sting? And then the Giants there. It's just, it's just a match that kind of felt like it was pulled out of its own ass. But yeah. Um, and, and then so you have that like pre-match interview, like you mentioned. By the way, the giant, like, let's just not let Big Show talk. He's just, you've, Sting, you've been a thorn in my side. You've been a cockroach in my apple pie. Like, yeah, what? that was the best one. That's not a phrase. Like, no. what are we? <laughs> it was really, really bad. Obviously, his promos get better over the years, but Lord Almighty, just let Jimmy Hart talk. Look, this is the best version of Paul White, in my opinion. For I would in ring. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even character wise, like he, he feels at least at this point, like a giant. I mean, Andre, the giant son. I don't know if they're still doing that really at this point, but he's a big guy. He's menacing looking. He's young. He's he's viral, viral, viral. He can you know. jump. You know, he can jump. He's you know very athletic for his size at this point. Yeah. But I mean, the, honestly, the match itself, I didn't hate. Yeah. I thought, um, especially like the beginning, because look, this show, like it dragged on this nonsensical tag match after tag match. The crew, like the cruiserweights had no heat to it. The U.S. title me, is fine. Did you watch this all in one sitting? I did somehow. See, I broke it up into two. I watched like yeah. 
first hour 15, which was through the first round of the Lord mm-hmm. of the Ring, like I think Wednesday, two days ago. And then I finished it earlier today. But yeah, that must have been tough in one sitting. I will say, though, there's something to say about like these short matches. And it felt like it, there was constant motion throughout the show, like yeah, matches there. There weren't like a lot of like dragged out rest hold matches. Like it was like very sprinty on to the next match, 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 match. There weren't a lot of segments in between. So it kind of was weirdly paced kind of well for what it was. Um, but yeah, ultimately like, but like in saying that, like the crowd must've been exhausted and going into this match, I was like, are they going to be oh, into yeah. it? But like Sting comes out there. He he's throwing punches. He's, to giving it to the giant, the crowd is, I mean, they're as, as loud right as they've him. been this entire yeah. show. They were, uh, they woke up during this match. <laughs> yeah, the crowd again, isn't staying a whole lot, but no. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, but what do you think about this? I thought Sting showed a lot of good fire with all his drop kicks that he's like trying to slam the giant, but he can't. And the giant's coming off like a monster. I mean, I thought this was pretty solid for what it was. Yeah, uh, probably pretty close up there, right there with Conan and Liger for match of the night. Um, you know, yeah. it, it was Sting showing that fire, doing anything he can to take the giant down. He can't. You have the, you know, the story of Luger and uh, Jimmy Hart out there, you know, mm-hmm. kind of. Wasn't there like a table spot or something at some point on the outside yeah. where they were or like Luger was able to move Sting off? I can't. What What exactly happened with that again? Yeah. So on Nitro the week before, uh, the giant choke slammed Luger through a table onto the concrete floor, which they really I guess you didn't see that a lot in this time frame. So they really put it over like a huge thing that happened. Like, is Luger okay? Is whatever. So um, so they call back to that here where giant tries to do the same thing to sting. But Luger saves him, and that's like the big thing here is is Luger proving himself, proving his loyalty yeah. to Sting, and he kind of does that yeah. throughout the entire match. Um, Until the end, maybe. Well, that's that's up in the air. You got to tune in to Nitro, yeah. brother, to see. Yeah, yeah. I know uh, you will be. I will be, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm going to fall asleep to it tonight. Are you but... watching, like, all the Nitros in between when I you sure do am, these? pal. I am. So for every promotion that you're mm-hmm. covering, are you watching? Well, I guess... There's not weeklies for like progress or but no. like are you, you you watch all like the Rawls and things like Rawls, that? Rawls, the Smackdowns, the Impacts, the wow. uh in between ROH, I watch PWG. Wow. So you're, a, same, you're a real fr- you're a real freak, aren't you? I I just watch wrestling and come. come That's all I come, do. <laughs> coming from the guy who is on pace to have seven hundred and eighteen four star matches this year alone. <laughs> You're a fucking freak. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really keep up with the current as much. I'm, I'm more into 2006 impacts and oh, watching, uh, you know, fucking tight. I did listen to a good chunk of your uh, No Surrender show with old BC Hunter. That Ooh, was a uh, BBC that was a Hunter. My boy. Fucking PD Williams shit in his dipes. Dude, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, the, all that mindset was born through WCW. So, yeah, it's good to see the uh, the roots here, I guess. But I don't know. The, the match ends when uh, Sting or Luger and uh, Jimmy Hart are fighting over the microphone or the megaphone and on the apron. And then they Bob's your uncle. It slips out of their hands and it hits Sting in the face as he has the Scorpion Deathlock end. And 
is able to, and Big Show is able to choke slam him for the win. So uh, the Giant retains the title. Is Luger with Sting? Is he with? Is he not with Sting? I guess we'll have to we'll have to find out. So. And I did kind of note on the replay, it did look like Jimmy Hart fell first rather mm. than Luger like pulling him. But who knows? Again, that's why you got to tune into Nitro, brother. I mean, he's got the baby oil on his hands. It could have slipped, yeah. you know. Yeah. But yeah, this was a pretty good main event, you know, on a shit shit sandwich of a show. But um, like you said, probably is, you know, 96, 97, Paul White, you know, is probably the peak for him, you know. Um, yeah. Sting, you know, I guess this is shortly before he kind of goes on his hiatus um, for what, like close to a year pretty much, right? Yeah, because that's after uh, Hogan turns, right? Yeah. Pretty much. So, yep. we're getting there. We're getting there, but uh, as far as like world title matches, I mean, after slogging through of all Hulk Hogan's bullshit with like yeah Vader and Beefcake and all that, <laughs> like this is probably one of the better WCW title matches I've seen personally. Yeah. So, um, so not a bad way to end. When did you start the WCW journey? So this timeline, so I WWF, WCW, ECW. I started that at WrestleMania ten just because it kind of felt like a round number and it felt, I didn't really, I'm not really too super interested in like the really old stuff. Yeah. Um, so WrestleMania 10 felt like a good point, like raw is a thing. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, that's, so it's, I think spring stampede was the first WCW show, which was so like, you uh, had those three timelines going simultaneously, yeah. essentially. And then like mm-hmm. impact ROH, are they on the same timeline for you? no, I um saw so impact. I started from the first um like their first three hour pay-per-view, which is the which end of like 2004. Yeah. 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 But Ring of Honor, I always kind of wanted to start from the beginning. Oh, I, yeah. Not, that was like 2002. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess technically I could have started TNA from the very beginning, but I've seen a few like asylum shows and like, <laughs> they're kind yeah. of rough. But maybe that maybe one day, maybe that'll be uh maybe I'll come back around once everything else there is done. But, but uh. Yeah, man, that's a that's a slamboree for you. Yeah, Would we made you, it uh, happen, baby. Do we are we the lords of the rings for watching I, this? I think we might be. Look at us. Look at us. I mean, well, actually, I guess technically DDP is probably still the lord of the ring. Is he not? Or yeah, did he ever lose I the ring? So. I I don't know. Uh, I can't remember. But I don't I'll know. If, I don't think the ring ever really got cashed in. Not yet. Not yet, brother. He's still around. He's gonna he's gonna yoga his way. This is the one that MJF has now. Ooh, didn't they make a reference to that at some point? I feel like they they did. DDP, there was like MJF was like, I'm gonna bang your wife. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a slam for you, right? <laughs> Sorry, you keep like cutting out. I keep I keep thinking I, I'm losing you, but um, yeah, I'll never lose you. It was a big old hot Carl. I'll never lose you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we got a bit of lag here. Uh, but why don't you take your shirt hello. off and plug your show? <laughs> really, really ending the show strongly here, aren't we? <laughs> Are you still hold on? Just on Are a huge delay. I'm on a huge yeah, I'm on a big delay right now, but I'm still here. Stick your stick your big delay in my ass and, and plug the Brain Buster Boys. Where can everybody find you, listen to you, and suck on your nipples? 
Yeah. Um, on Twitter and Instagram at Brainbuster Boys. Frankly, we haven't been super active lately on social media and just haven't been putting out episodes quite as frequently. However, we did just drop one um, a couple days ago, which is part three in our Vince in the Machine storyline, which has been a real hoot um, thus far. And we also talk Forbidden Door a week later, even though we recorded it the day after the show. But to put together kind of the rest of the episode took a lot longer than we anticipated, but check it out. It is very different than probably anything you've ever heard on a wrestling podcast. We have a lot of fun with it. We've got people playing Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, Shane McMahon, fucking Paul Levesque, um, it, it, Omas on this show yeah. makes an appearance. So um, it is a good time. I think we will still be covering Money in the Bank next week, so a week later, but uh, we've been kind of off kilter, but... We're still doing our thing for sure. And then also the Phoenix Splash podcast, both Phoenix Splash and Brainbuster Boys can be found on the Visionaries Global Media Network on all major podcasting platforms. Um, we cover all Japanese wrestling over there. Me and my boy JCB from the Band from Ringside podcast. We'll probably be having our 11th episode come out sometime next week in advance of the G1 Climax. So things starting to get pretty spicy over in New Japan. Um, coming off, they had two incredible Independence Day shows. I don't know if you caught those. but I have not. Great, great. Like a very raucous Corican Hall crowd. Um they're chanting holy shit they're chanting this is awesome like things you don't really get in japan much wow. so new japan is back to being the best wrestling promotion in the world i'm gonna say that but uh yes kyle thank you for having me on yet again what two three weeks after our last one i, ju I just love. can't get rid of you you're you're the yeah. dirt on my dick yeah i'm the <laughs> hot on your carl what once again thank you to brett's from the Brain Buster Boys podcast for joining me on this lovely, lovely slamboree 1996. Go check out the Brain Buster Boys wherever you listen to podcasts as well as YouTube, Twitch, Omegle, Hive, Threads, all of that stuff. And do the same for me. You know the deal. Hey, there's a cat asshole on my desk. Dwayne, you got something to say to the people? He's a good boy. He's a good boy. That's my little man's. Just my birds. Ow! Fucking dick. Put his claws on me. God, what? Look at that. Look at the cat hair. Is that is the camera picking that up? Fucking. Yeah, Kyle, pick up your white cat while you're wearing your black hoodie. That's a great idea. Anyways. Well, we got to grade this show. Hey, hit it. WCWEZWWWF, who's the hardest promotion? Eric or Vince or Polly? I think we can agree, though, it's mostly shit. Alrighty then, let's get down to business. WCW Slamboree, where are we at? Where are we at in the hardest promotion battle of 1996? If you've not listened in or watched this, let me uh, let me run it down for you. We got WWF versus WCW versus ECW. And after every one of these shows from 1996, we gather our thoughts. We compare this show against other shows. And we also compare the company as a whole to other companies to see what they're putting out and if it's the best or the worst out of the three. In ring, out of ring, star power, 
all that stuff. We get into best matches, worst matches, best characters, worst characters. We'll walk through it together. But if you're watching on YouTube, of course, I am. I have my screen up here so you'll be able to see everything that I'm doing. But I'll also talk you through it. But overall, where are we at here? So currently WWF. We are tracking WWF as the best promotion so far as of uh, May. What is this show? Whatever the last show was. I think May 11th was the last show. Um, beginning of May, let's say. <laughs> WWF is currently the best company with 13 points. ECW is the second best company with eight points. WCW is currently the worst with one point. But WC or WWF had been like pretty much sweeping the board up until last show. So that shows how fast things can change. How do these points get calculated? Well, again, we'll get into that as we go along. But... We will first grade this pay-per-view from a scale of S to F. S being the best, F being the worst, of course. Now, what are we thinking for this show? It, it, so this, this, this show, right? Like on paper, dog shit. Absolute dog shit. And in execution, it was, it was pretty shitty as well. However, for whatever reason, it was, and I said this on the podcast, it was, it was pretty engaging for the most part. It had a solid main event. You know what I mean? Like the, the other title matches were pretty solid. And some of the tag team stuff was a bit intriguing. Most of it, most of the battle bowl was awful, but <clears throat> how do we, um, so I don't think, I think C at best, right? Definitely. No better than a C. So I'm, I'm just looking at the previous shows that I've covered. And again, if you're on YouTube, you can look at all the grades that I've given uh, to the previous shows. C, it's not F territory for sure. So it's either C or D. I'm looking at other W's. I gave Uncensored a C. Super Brawls and F. Is it only WCW shows this year? And I guess so. Um, a lot of C's in the ECW. I'm inclined to give this one a C. I think a C is fair, right? Yeah, I don't think it's D territory. I think there was just too much good stuff on the show to be a D, but it just wasn't great. But again, it was just the way it flowed. I, I didn't. It wasn't the worst thing I've seen. <laughs> I'll put it that way. So we'll throw a C at Slambury. Maybe that's generous. But again, we're kind of graded on a curve too. It's 1996. Like WrestleMania 12 is an A. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, so that's what we got for that. What does that mean? Got a burp. <clears throat> so now we look at the average grade for each company, right? And they've equated to numbers. As of right now, WC or uh, WWF still has the best average grade followed by ECW and WCW is still in last, but they're improving. I would say, um, but WWF is still in the lead in terms of that, which is what matters. So now we come back to the overall scoreboard. Best overall average grade. Still WWF, which gives them six points. So best pay-per-view, though. Still WrestleMania 12. I mean, it's the only one with an A. So that stays the same. Super Brawl 1996. Still the worst pay-per-view. So that gives them negative one point. By the way, the best pay-per-view gives WWF two points for WrestleMania 12. So in-ring, we're looking at the in-ring here. So right now, 
tracking ECW as the best in-ring product. And this is just kind of taking into account the entire company, the pay-per-views, the TV shows, all that stuff. Um, I wouldn't say WCW took this over on this show. So we're going to keep it at ECW. Best match, Sean and Diesel. No match on, on uh, Slamboree was better than that. So WWF gets that, so they get two points. Worst match, tracking it as Ultimate Warrior versus Goldust at In Your House 7. Still the word. Nothing on this show. Let me review my notes here. Just 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 to make sure. I don't think anything on this show was worse than that. Warrior versus gold dust. Maybe like. And where we by the way, with these, we also got to take into account the the um, the scale of the match, the stakes, the spotlight. Like are some of these first round Lord of the Ring matches worse? Probably right. But they're just, you know, very small, like they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So that's like one thing we got to take into account The the final battle royal, though, I would say, because that's what this pay-per-view is built around. I mean, that was just awful. You know, what? like. Like the U.S. title was fine. The cruiserweight was kind of boring, but it was fine. The world title match was good. So that definitely wasn't the worst. The only match on this show that would compete for the worst of the year so far is the Lord of the Ring final battle royal. Um, I don't, I don't know if I could put that as worse than Ultimate Warrior versus Gold Dust, but this this battle royal might be a bottom five for sure, maybe bottom three. But DDP DDP's presence in this match saves it, I think, because it got cooking at the end when he was just throwing out diamond cutters on everybody and then he won which was fun so but yeah it was bad but not the worst in my opinion so so that stays the same so wwf still has that so that gives them negative one point uh roster and star power the next category we're gonna look at who has the best roster who has the most star power currently we're tracking wcw as that um, no major changes since the last time I looked at this, I don't think. So, um, if anything, it's, it's just about to get better with, uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. So, and all the cruiserweights coming in, I think WCW has got a good handle on that so far. So we'll keep that at WCW. So that gives them four points. Wrestler of the year, Shawn Michaels is what we're tracking right now. Um, who on this show would even compete? Sting, I guess. A giant, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, no one's no one's taken that from Shawn Michaels yet, from WCW at least. So we're gonna keep it at Shawn Michaels. So that gives WWF two points. Worst wrestler of the year, Hulk Hogan. So I think I think I've had Hulk the entire year so far. Um, he was not on this show. So the question is, is there anybody? It's hard to be the worst when you're not there, right? <laughs> so um, is anybody on this show worse? I'm inclined to put Jim Duggan on there. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, especially, doesn't he have like a, he becomes a pretty prominent part of the show going forward, doesn't he? At least like in the undercard. Jim Duggan has a, has a strong... 
um, has a strong argument. It's, I'm just kind of looking through my notes to see if there's anybody else that would even come close. Big Bubba, <laughs> Ice Train, um, Disco Inferno, perhaps. Taskmaster. Ooh. Do we put the Taskmaster in there? I kind of want to put the Taskmaster as the worst of the year. I'm going to I'm going to be it would still keep this as WCW so it wouldn't change the scorecard. Luger. Luger's not terrible. Do I I'm I'm going to put the Taskmaster. Fuck him. Hulk Hogan at least has star power. I'm just going to put Kevin Sullivan, stupid taskmaster. Kevin Sullivan, worst wrestler of the year. And just because he's been so prominent, too, man. It's like, why are we? Whatever. So it still it keeps it at WCW, so they still got negative one point there. But that's where we are at. Um, out of ring now. So the best overall out of ring. So we're taking into account gimmicks, characters, promos storylines, all that stuff, right? Right now we're tracking ECW as the best because they got a lot of good promo or a lot of good storylines cooking with like Douglas and Scorpio. You also got Sandman and Raven. You also got uh, gangsters and eliminators. You also got RVD and Sabu. Like they got a lot of good programs going and some pretty solid promos too from ECW. WCW. Yeah, nothing on this show would make them rise above what ECW is doing. Um, yeah, so we're going to keep that at ECW. So they get four points. Best character and storyline. We're tracking gold dust as the best. Um, who would, um, who on this show would compete with that? Uh, you can, you can argue Ric Flair and Macho Man as a good storyline. I don't think that's better than what Goldust is doing. Or is it? Um, no, because I don't really care about it. I feel like, like it's they're two talented guys. It's Ric Flair's stole Macho Man's wife and is using his money. Like that's fun, but it just doesn't really have a payoff, I feel like. So mm, other than that, yeah, I can't think of anybody else who would uh yeah, I think that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, Goldust will keep that one for now. I think we kind of know where it's going to go like pretty soon, though, so it doesn't really matter. But Goldust holds on to it for now, so WWF gets two points. Worst character storyline. Dungeon of Doom. So, I feel like the Dungeon of, the, 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 the dungeon of Doom is not super prominent as, like a, as a faction anymore. They almost feel more background. Although they are kind of all riddled over the show, like, do you mind? Can I, can I help you? Are you kidding? All right. What do you think the worst character in storyline is, Dwayne? Dungeon of Doom? Probably, right? Probably. We'll just leave it at, as Dungeon of Doom for now. I don't think anything else on WCW is going to be worse than that, which is the show we just covered, obviously, so... Yeah, Dungeon of Doom, nice and easy. So they get negative one point. So that about wraps it up. So no changes to the overall score. 
We got WWF with the lead of 13 points, ECW with eight points, and WCW with one. So that's where we're at. But things will change coming up soon. We got King of the Ring 96 coming up. We got Bash at the Beach coming up. Pretty big up. Oh, I got the hickety hickety hups. Um, Bash at the Beach, ECW's cooking some stuff. So big, big flux in this battle coming up. But for now, we're we're uh, we're keeping it in old neutral ski. So that's about all I got for you guys today. Thank you guys for listening, for watching, for tasting. But uh, yeah, that's get on out of here. Scram. Fuck off. I don't know. Thank you guys for listening. I love you all. Yeah. I'm hard.